to the Insomniac Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you, educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey. I'm excited. All right, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with Justin Sandler. He is a director, a writer, an actor, a speaker. He is a survivor, and he is about to inspire us. So we are super, super excited to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin. We really appreciate it. Hey, guys. Amber. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. But, you know, do, do us a favor. Kick us off. Tell us a little bit about you and, and your journey. I, you also own a production studio, so I know I'm not going to get into everything you do all at once. But, um, you know, tell us about your journey to kind of each of those big things that you do and, and how you got to where you are right now. Certainly. There's a lot to cover. So I will try to get, get to the point on some of them. heavy question, right? I know. <laughs> and there's just, there's a lot to unpack there, as we say. Right. Um, but let's just, let's just go all the way back to my very first art form, which was when I was a little kid, I started playing drums. And that is my most sort of natural attuned gift, I think, that um, flowed through me, that, that, that chose me, if you will. So I've been playing drums my entire life. I turned pro in around 2002 and started playing a lot of different groups, recording, uh, started touring, started doing, you know, a lot of different various things uh, on camera, a lot of film and TV as well as an on-camera musician and branched out to other instruments as well. I've always loved music and it's a huge part of me. Of course, my early days of dreaming and being a big rock star um, were kind of brought to reality when I was, you know, getting ready to go to college. And my folks were like, listen, we love that you love playing drums, but you got to go get a real degree. So I agreed to go to college at Indiana University and I got a degree in theater and television directing and communications. So I was like, there's your degree. That's really is about as worthwhile as the music degree. Um, but truthfully, I've worked in the industry of entertainment and music since college. I, I, I a lot of friends that got the business degree and all the other different fancy titles who have changed careers a million times, I'm still doing the same thing that I set out to do long ago. And that's really kind of a beautiful thing that I'm able to share and, and have that opportunity. Awesome. Um, I, you know, I started producing um, television way back in the 90s and um, I worked for ABC and Fox affiliates, writing and directing commercials. I got out to LA, really started stepping back into acting because I also love just to perform. And, and through the years, I just sort of danced between, you know, acting gigs and music gigs. And then my wife and I started a production studio called Three Cube Studios in 2011. And we do film and photography production. And so I, I kind of get to take my, um, my work as a director and editor and all the things I do in, in that aspect and combine it with my wife's ability to, you know, photographer, cinematographer and director herself. And we came together and started doing projects for hire and then some, some of our own projects as well, included a short film we made in, in 20. It launched in 2016 called Welcome to Where You've Always Been. That's now available on Amazon Prime. It's a short film about overcoming. It's about a spoken word artist who faces the severe depression and suicidality and ends up, you know, really pushing his life to the edge and has to make a huge decision. And it's a very inspirational little piece. And that's a lot of what I do, even in the lyrics of the music I would write but, you know, over the years. It's message driven in a sense <clears throat> where, where I, I believe that there's an opportunity through art to always create value, whether it's a song, a poem, a movie, or beyond, there's an opportunity to raise the vibration, or there's an opportunity to, to suppress the vibration. And I think we have uh, almost a responsibility as artists to bring it up. Granted, there's, there's, no, there's no real say on what is art and what's good and what's bad, but you know, I feel that um, 
that that's my job as an artist to do. And so uh, I've been very blessed to have some really great opportunities over the years. I got my first acting role with uh, Matthew McConaughey. He actually hired me on my first film on a real film. And I've been able to do a lot of cool films as an actor and a lot of uh, national commercials. And, and, you know, like life was really coming together and really full for me. And early 2017, I mean, I had a, a national commercial running. Uh, my short film just finished a 21 festival tour and my wife and I were starting to write the next project. I was um, building our business here. I was athletically in some of the best shape of my life, competing in the Gold's Gym 12-week fitness challenge. I joined a weekly flag football league, first time since college that I had done something crazy like that. And, and I really felt like, man, I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm healthy. I'm fit as I've been in a long time. I have all these different projects that are going and I really felt like I was ready to like jump into that next level. And I was literally, I was screaming it to the sky in my own sort of meditative way. I am ready. And I really believed it and I felt it. And what was really interesting is that as I was saying, I was ready within the next month or so, as we're, we're now in April of 2017, I was ready. And then I found a large tumor that was inside of my chest growing right into my heart, my lung and all my major veins whoa, like slam on the brakes. Like I thought life was going great. What the hell is this? Mm -hmm. Like I'm healthy and I'm perfect and life is great and I have opportunities and what is this? And it took several weeks to find out through a lot of testing, a lot of very aggressive and intense testing that I had a germ cell tumor, which was a very aggressive cancerous tumor. Germ cells are what we all have as humans, as little embryos. They they start in, in the primitive streak. They migrate down through the gut of the embryo into the gonads as they're developing and they become your egg or your sperm. There are very rare cases where a germ cell gets stuck along the way and just parks and never turns on. And it just lays there dormant. And one day it just wakes up and it's like, whoa, here I am. I got to do something, but it's not in the right place or the right time. So it just starts to just multiply rapidly. And that's what happened. Most, most of the time, these germ cells, if they don't form in the testes or in the ovaries, uh, in a man, they will usually appear either in the brain, the abdomen, or in my case, the chest. And that's where mine grew, right underneath my rib cage, right here down the center. So life came to a screeching halt. And I was faced with this new found obstacle that I mean, I've had my obstacles over the years, but this was definitely something that I've never had to face at this sort of level. And I was really burned at first because I felt like, man, life was going so good. And now wham, you know, it's like whack you back down again. And I've gone through these in my life where I've, you know, gotten up and gotten knocked down and gotten up again. And right. I've always persevered, but now I'm facing like, wait, this is actually, my life's actually on the line. Right. And I had to stop everything. I quit two bands. I told all my, um, my various agents to stop submitting me on jobs. We put all of our film stuff on hold, you know, even our distribution deal with our short film had to be shelved for a while because I couldn't deal with the paperwork for it. And literally everything came to a halt. I had to move into the hospital at UCLA. And I was living there um, for a week at a time to do three different types of chemo 24 hours a day. And that mm -hmm. was insane. They, you know, they put a port here in my chest. I got a fancy little scar still. And, um, and they fed me this medicine that, that just, it kicked my ass. It uh, you know, took all my hair. It took a lot of my weight and my, a lot of my strength, but it did not take my will. And I, and I went through in the hospital a week on, two weeks off, week on, two weeks off. Uh, until I got to a point in August of 2017 where they determined that the tumor was now officially dead, but this type of tumor leaves behind essentially like a fossil, like a hardened rock, if you will. And that was adhered to my heart and my lung and my vein. So they had to do an, a full open chest surgery to take it out. So then I went in, they sawed me from here to here. 
and you know the old superman chest and they literally pulled me open and they got the tumor out it was a, a very intense about eight hours surgery they had to take out a big piece of my right lung one side of my heart's pericardial sac removed and repatched with Gore-Tex. They took out the left anonymous vein, which is the main draining vein of my left arm. A couple of nerves got hit. And then another big thing that happened was the main superior vena cava vein was had to be completely removed. And then they rebuilt it with bovine heart tissue. Wow. So I didn't know that that was even on the table. I woke <laughs> up in the, from the surgery and they informed me that I was now part cow. A little shocking for a, ve- for a vegan to understand that. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I was like, what? what? <laughs> cow inside of me? I don't know what to do with that, you know? Uh, and so all I've been is, you know, grateful. I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to be um, patched up the way I did. And so I was released from the hospital. I was really weak. I was really battered and beaten down, but I was ready to start recovering. And in about two months, I started to work out again. I started to rebuild myself because that's just who I am. But there was some blood clots that happened around the outside of my heart and my, my, my heart had ended up adhering to my left lung. We didn't realize that um, until uh, that December. And I actually found myself being rushed into an emergency surgery. My heart was collapsing inside of its own sac under a liter of fluid. And I was literally just a couple of hours away from total lights out. And if I wouldn't have gotten in the hospital when I did, it, that would have been it, which is crazy to think that I had survived cancer, but this complication from the surgery was what actually almost took my life. Um, I had another surgery after that. They created a permanent hole in the sack of my heart, about a silver dollar size hole at the bottom. And they you know, took my lung and my heart away from each other and separated the organs again. And I was kind of done with the surgical procedures and sort of, there you go, go put your life back together. But I was rocked. I mean, 2018, I was alive. I was cancer-free and I was a shell of myself. And I spent the entire year just trying to rebuild myself, my spirit, you know, everything was, it was a journey. And I definitely had to be very kind and practice a lot of self-love and get myself to a point where in 2019, I could kind of step back into myself again and really start rebuilding my life. And I did, I jumped back into it. I got a few more acting uh, roles in some films. Um, start, I, drew, I wrote and developed a one-man show about my journey, which is a very entertaining and inspirational show where I, I act and do characters and poetry and I play drums and I have videos from my journey. We've recorded everything on oh, live cool. video. So I have tons of footage that I edited into these cool little clips, you know, and it's just the way I tell stories, it's through filmmaking and music and acting and comedy and poetry. So I really was able to take everything that I do and bundle it into this show and I performed it. Uh, had a great run until the world shut down. Um, but I do have good news. I edited together a version of that show and it is about to do a live streaming event as part of a solo theater live stream festival. So it is available for the whole world to see now, whereas before it was just, you know, localized to LA theater. Um, and then I've, you know, I've been doing a lot of um, writing and speaking. I've been able to give back and speak for UCLA and be part of their um, patient and family advisory council for now for the third year. And, just do anything I can to sort of just keep sharing the message of everything I went through. And we can get into that in a second, but, but there's a big, there's a big lesson and a big philosophy that came to me and a life-changing things that I went through that gave me the strength to not just survive, but to thrive and to be able to take what I went through and learn and share it with other people. And so now all the stuff I'm doing, including the show, the talking, um, I have a second TEDx talk I just did, which is about to go live and a book that I'm writing. And I just see that my mission now is really, you know, to live my best life and to take everything that I was blessed to survive with and this challenge that I was really just lucky to have to face to overcome 
and take everything that I learned to not just continue bettering myself, but to better the world as much ways as I possibly can. So that's, that's the nutshell of where I got to without getting into the deep stuff yet. But I figured I'll come up for air. I'll come up for air right now and let you guys. <laughs> I have a feeling Brian's going to say something. I can uh, see your mind reeling. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, here, here's the thing, you, you know, what I was thinking too. I mean, obviously you, you know, some people are survivors and they just, you know, they are, they survive and they thrive. And it seems like you had such a will, you know, cause it, like you said, it's a, it's not about getting knocked down. It's about getting back up. Right. And it really is. Was there one, like one thing or something that sort of, when you were going through all that, that was sort of keeping you like, okay, I need to keep going. I need to get through this. There's still stuff. Cause you've accomplished a lot right up until that point, but there were still so many things that seemed you were on the verge of accomplishing, right? There were so many things you're still accomplishing and motivating for. Was there something or some particular thing you wanted to accomplish when you were going through that, all that, or that you realized you needed to accomplish? You know, um, a lot of it was just re kind of reassurance or a just recommitment to what I set out to do a long time ago is that, you know, to live my life as an artist and <clears throat> never settle for less, <clears throat> excuse me, and always be giving, you know, giving my best foot forward and always trying to elevate the human spirit through the art that I do. Um, what's really interesting is that, you know, I've always, <clears throat> excuse me a second, take a sip of water. That's what happens when you're missing part of your lungs sometimes. <laughs> Booyah. All right. I'm back. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, where was I? Okay. So, you know, I've always, you know, I've always sought the silver, the silver lining, so to speak. The times mm -hmm. that I've, I've been knocked down, I, even though it sucks for a little bit, I've always seen how my life has improved because mm -hmm. of it. I've always seen what comes out of it that oh, there's always a benefit that comes out of facing a struggle and overcoming it. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate to have that mindset already. And I'd done a lot of work, you know, in the realm of spirituality and meditation and personal development and emotional healing and all that. One of the big factors that I really attribute to this is, is came a few days before I moved into the hospital to start my first round of treatments. And I was uh, in a state of meditative chanting, of silent Buddhist chanting. Mm -hmm. And I just got so deep. And I just, you know, I was facing a tumor that was literally shoving everything out of the way inside of my chest. I was mm -hmm. facing a treatment plan that was proposed to me that I did not want to do. Like, I was like, no, thank you, chemo. Like, do not want to do this. Right. I know what it does to you. And you want to give me three kinds and do it 24 hours a day? Like, that's insane. Or like this idea of a surgery. Like, I didn't want any of that. And I realized that there was not many other options for me, at least in the time frame that I was looking at, because my heart was being pushed so hard. So I really had to surrender and accept everything. Mm -hmm. And the more I kept doing that, the more I kept priming myself. And this one particular day, about two days before I started my, my treatments, I was chanting and I really just went deep and I really opened up the flow. And that's when sort of the, the philosophy downloaded to my brain. And, and those are the words, embrace love free. And that has become sort of my, uh, my message, my, my saying, if you will, mm -hmm. and the name of a lot of what I do. And that's a three-step, it became a three-step method. I didn't really get it at first, but it really, it really led the path for me to understand that there is a way to go through obstacles better. And it mm -hmm. all starts with embracing the obstacle and shifting my perspective. And as I did my own work, as I went through continuously embracing and accepting the situation I was facing, 
and then dropping into a space of love and gratitude for everything from the tumor in my chest to the chemo that I was doing to everything around me. I had to just, just really envelop love with all of it and understand that this was all a gift and it was all something that I could be thankful for and grateful for as hard as it seemed. And the more I did that, the more I sort of felt myself elevating and my own life condition improving. And the more I did that, I realized that there's a huge driving force for me to survive. And it's not just about living. It's about the fact that what I'm experiencing right now is something that I need to share with people. And I started sharing, you know, we were doing live videos from even before we had a diagnosis. And I realized that I needed to keep doing those videos. And my wife was a big proponent in pushing me to keep sharing because she knew that when I faced something hard, when I got on camera and I just started talking about it, you know, really beautiful uh, words would come out and lessons would be uh, exposed. And through that, I was able to really share to a level where people were hitting me up and saying, hey, you're sharing, it's helping me go through A, B, and C. And I realized that by sharing and sharing and, and everything that I'm learning and going through and being vulnerable and open, that I was able to impact other lives. So that, to answer your question in a really long way, um, it was really the understanding that I had a mission that I was given through all this to not just keep doing what I was doing, but to really step it up and realize that it wasn't all about me. It actually right. wasn't even about me. It was about something much bigger than me. And that kept me going every day as hard as things got knowing that what, was, what I was going through and what I was experiencing was going to impact, I don't know how many lives, but it was going to impact lives. Right. Which so is I, crazy to even think that because you're in it, right? It really was, in my mind, about you, right? But it's really not about you, right? And, and I mean, think about how self-centered we can be for anything, but here you are really going through it and, and you're saying it's not about you. It's, it's about how you can help others. I mean, that's pretty, and that's, pretty amazing to me because I, I can really make things all about me I will tell you <laughs> I, I have a I have a gift <laughs> so. oh, yes. yeah she says yeah. that but she's she's really not but but, <laughs> but I have a question right you, you mentioned meditating and getting downloads right and I'm a huge yeah. believer in getting downloads from the universe right yeah. and and here's the thing one of the things you know you said like when you're you know when you're sort of on film or you know in that zone right you're acting do you really feel you're in that zone and you talked about your inspirational words coming out do you believe it's partially because now you're meditating you're absorbing all that in and you're able when you get in that zone able to sort of bring that back out and share it with others whether that zone be while you're being recorded while you're acting yeah. while you're playing your music sure i i think the as we say the zone mm -hmm. um, exists in many different areas Right. Many different platforms. We can we we say we see it a lot in like sports. You know, I yep. grew up watching yep. Michael Jordan in Chicago. That's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. You know, and dude, that dude was in the zone like all the time. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, what I'm saying, but you're in you're yep. you're in the flow, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I don't think you need you know I don't think one thing comes before the other. I don't think you need meditation to get you to be able to get in that zone, mm -hmm. but it's it's another avenue and aspect of getting you into the zone, maybe in regards to other things, you know, like I can think back to the times when I really had experienced most of this zone is actually playing drums in front mm -hmm. of a live audience, because, you know, it becomes a point where you, you're not thinking anymore, your right. body, like I, my body is feeling and, and the drummer, you know, it's an interesting instrument because when we're on stage, we're in the very back, but we're driving the mm -hmm. bus. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's my job to know 
I mean, my guitar player could be half on his knees drunk and still making the solos happen, you know, whatever. They, and, and trust me, a lot of that experience in my life. But no matter what, it was my job to hold it down. And so when I'm in the zone and I'm playing, I hear what everybody's playing. I know where everybody is. I can tell what the singer is going to do. Now. I mean, you can just tell you just get locked into this place where mm -hmm. you don't think. And I think right. that 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 is what the zone is. It's the feeling. It's the energy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when acting, a lot of it for me um, in the improv world is where it really comes through because you're just so tuned in that the words just come. Like when I'm speaking, you know, right. I feel that that I, I'm able to just open my mouth and, and words come out and just, <laughs> you know, it's it's because you have the end game in mind, you have the goal and you just go. Um, and so that that zone is beautiful. Now, when you're facing your illness, it's hard to just drop into the zone. So that's when a practice like meditation, chanting and things like that can really help you get to that level because you're like, you have cancer, you might die. You're like, oh, where's my zone? Shit, I got <laughs> right. to find that zone. Right. And that's and that's when that quiet time comes where, you know, and I practice a few different um, practices, practice practices. And one of them is, you know, more basically like mindfulness meditation, which is a little bit more of a clearing of the mind and just being present and just clear and falling uh -huh. behind and just finding that, that beautiful silence of the present moment and, and anything that comes with, with mindfulness. And the other one is more of a, a Buddhist chanting, which is really more of an activated practice where my mind is actually being, I'm channeling things. And I think they both work in different areas. And it was through those practices that really tuned me up, you know, in the hospital, I was laying there in this hospital bed with, you know, things coming out of me mm -hmm. and I'm still, I'm sitting there chanting. And I'm chanting to the chemo and I'm chanting to my heart and I'm chanting to my nursing staff. And, you know, it's just sending the energy and, and setting that intention. And I think it just starts to open the floodgates. And when you, when you set those intentions and you just go, that's, mm -hmm. I think, when you become most primed to drop into that zone where those downloads come, where the ideas of what to say or how to write or what to share or how to think better mm -hmm. come from finding that zone. Zone. And that's where a practice like meditation and chanting and things along those lines will help get you there. So definitely, I know art for me, it's artistic ways, creation and or dropping into a practice like the meditation. And that gets me into that space. See, I'm getting, I'm getting all like, uh, I'm getting all talking about this. Nicholas, like, I got questions. I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, is this kind of what you're talking about from, you know, about healing through the, through the arts in a sense? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Justin? Is that kind of what, like, that's, is the zone connected to the healing in a sense? I, 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 so I'm, this is so mind, I'm just, I'm mind boggled. I'm so fascinated. So help me here. So the, yeah. the healing through the arts, is that connected to this in some way? Uh, I think everything is really connected and interconnected when it comes to it. Um, they are their own entities, but I mean, yes, it's like a yes and yes and also sort of answer, <laughs> you know, because you can use art to heal or you can mm -hmm. use art, you can use art to process healing, mm -hmm. which is, you know, you can't per se sit down and create art and you're like, I drew a picture, I'm healed. You know, like, that doesn't Come work. Like, like, I mean, we can try, it might work. I mean, I'm not saying anything's <laughs> possible, you know, but really the, what the art does is it lets you process what you're experiencing it lets and it lets you often get it out of your body mm -hmm. and a lot of times what happens is you know 
everything is energy. And I don't think I need to tell you guys this. We already know it's not even, it's not woo woo to say that every object inanimate or person or animal is basically vibrating energy. Uh And so we got to move energy around. Otherwise energy becomes stuck. I mean, that's why there's this thousands of years old medicine that, you know, acupuncture, acupressure, it's all about moving energy. And so the sense when you, when you're stuck, when you're blocked, when you're facing a heavy obstacle and you don't know what to do with it and it starts to fill you up and you're like, if you just hold it, that's when a lot of illnesses take a turn for the worse. You know, that energy becomes stuck. For me, I had a lot of stuck energy around my heart. I had a lot of closure, emotional closure that I lived with for many years. And, and getting a tumor into my heart was a huge wake-up call that I had been living a long life with an emotionally closed-down heart. And it's like, okay, these are the things that say, well, I have work to do here. And this, I need to practice heart-centeredness and coming from the heart and being vulnerable to my emotions and all that kind of experience. Um, when, you're, when you're facing the adversity, you need to channel that whether that's, and you don't have to be a professional artist to do it. It's just get it out of you, express yourself. I mean, writing is a huge, I think the huge gateway to creating art because it starts with getting the words from your brain, whether it's like, I, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and just do free form journaling, not to share with anybody, just write whatever nonsense was flowing through me, just writing it, writing it until my hand got tired, rip it up, throw it away, done. Um, or you can write poetry or lyrics or write a movie or write a song or write a one man show or write a speech. I mean, there's, you know, it starts with just getting the words out of your body and freeing that, that blocked energy. Even if it's drawing a picture, maybe you're not a writer and you don't, you know, words aren't coming to you, but you grab some crayons mm-hmm. and you just draw what you're feeling. You know, what you're doing is you're just, you're, you're, you're creating space to move energy. You're, you're allowing yourself to express and get it oh, outside of me. Like, wow, I just drew this picture. Like this was inspired by what I'm feeling. No, it's maybe it's not going to hang in the Getty Museum or something, but it's like, it doesn't have to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really important, I think, to, to shake that and break that up. And when you do that, you can create opportunities for mm-hmm. the healing to come in, or you can create opportunities to create something that may actually help someone else. So I think it's all really interconnected, um, but it just starts with saying, it just start, goes back to embrace love free. It, com- it starts with accepting that you're facing an obstacle, accepting that you're facing a challenge and owning that stuff. And then it comes from how can I take my perspective and shift it and then take, take that perspective and keep running with it. You know, like Nicolette, you mentioned, you know, uh, a little bit ago about making it about you. And that's a natural thing for me. Uh, I lived a lot of my life making it about me as the victim of what's happening to me. And mm-hmm. as you victimize yourself, you start to play small and you start, you know, everything starts to close around you. And the idea is not to be a victim of your circumstance, but to say, Hey, I'm facing this. I step into it. I'm going to stay in a space of gratitude and love. And, and I'm going to understand that I have the choice of what perspective I will take because we can't, choose what happens to us a lot of the times, but we can choose how we react to it. And we can say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna live in gratitude and I'm gonna live in love and I'm gonna keep seeking all the different ways that I can benefit my life and maybe benefit the lives of others because that's a more productive way of thinking. And if I'm feeling blocked or feeling stuck, I'm gonna grab my notepad and I'm gonna write or I'm gonna draw or I'm gonna type or I'm gonna play and I'm gonna just keep my energy moving and flowing because I need to express myself and shake it up and live bigger and raise my vibration to a level where I can create the optimum ideal environment for healing. And that's when the healing can kind of step in and do its thing. 
that makes sense. You answered my questions about me having to ask them. So that's perfect. I'm in your, I'm in your, I'm in your brain. I was going to ask you what he we feel, should, you He's know, feeling what, your frequency. There you go. Yeah. You <laughs> are, you're, you, you've got my energy yeah. right in yeah. your all, brain. All that, all that chemo made me a mind reader. So <laughs> right. kind of the benefits, you know? Right. Exactly. Now, Justin, you have a TEDx talk, uh, actually tomorrow it's going live, February 13th, correct? So yes. by the time you guys hear this, it will, can, can we rewatch it? Oh, of course, absolutely. Awesome. So here, here's a, a fascinating quick story. Um, this is technically my second TEDx talk. Okay. I was very fortunate to do a TEDx talk in November of 2019 at, at TEDx Normal, which is Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois. And um, we flew out there and we, you know, we did the talk on the big stage and, and it was a really beautiful experience. And um, I got, you know, I got interviewed on the local news and I made a lot of great friends and I had an awesome experience and I gave this really empowering talk and everyone, you know, championed me for what I did and the world was waiting for me to share it. I was telling everybody and promoting and I was excited to share it. And then I find out that the TED organization actually flagged my talk and they didn't tell us exactly why, but they said that it was outside of the guidelines and they were, they were holding it. And months and months and months went by and I'm like, ah, all the other speakers from that day released and here I am like, where's my talk? <laughs> um, <laughs> finally, about mid-summer of last year, uh, and you know, it's a year where there's a lot of people facing challenges in 2020. And I'm like, God, oh, this talk would be great right now. Um, they finally came out and said, listen, the talk is outside of guidelines and technically falling too under the faith-based healing header. You know, um, as I, as I called it, I guess I was just too woo-woo for Ted. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it was a little more spiritually driven, even though I never claimed to heal myself through, through faith. Right, right. I, I understand that Ted has their, Ted has their guidelines and I respect the hell out of them in the organization and they have to keep things a certain way. So while it was hard to accept that, um, I just ultimately embraced it and put my own, you know, my own practice, you know, after I bitched and moaned for a minute. Um, and I really started focusing on writing my book and, and getting my one man show edited so I can actually share that. And so it did give me a lot of a drive. Um, and I let it go. I surrendered. And I said, listen, if it's not the right talk, if it's not the right time, whatever the case may be, like, you know, as we say, the universe, you got my back and I'm just going to let this go. And then sure enough, in December, the TEDx normal team reached out to me and they said, we're getting ready to do our next event. And we'd love to have you back as a speaker again. Um, and we just, you know, you just need to rewrite your talk a bit, obviously. Um, but I was given the opportunity of doing this again. So I, I jumped on the idea. I rewrote my speech. It's still the same premise. It's called three steps to overcome any obstacle. Uh -huh. And it's still the same premise. And it still has a lot of my elements of my spirituality, but I wrote it in a very academic way and I back it with resources and with some science. And, and so I'm not just saying, talking about my love vibration. I'm actually talking about health scientific benefits of the various practices <laughs> I did so that it really, you know, it really speaks to an audience of academia as well as an audience of spirituality. And um, yeah, we got this, the speech approved and I had to shoot it myself because Ted talks are all, all virtual now. Right. And so um, I actually was, uh, was really lucky. I got to use the theater here in, in, in LA that I did my one man show at several times. So I can make it look a little sexier, some nice lighting mm -hmm. and use the screen. I, my wife and I obviously have our own production studios. So right. We brought in the cameras and I'm the editor. So I put it all together with all the slides. <laughs> and so it came out. I think it looks really good. And I think the talk is great. And I think it's the right talk for right now. So I'm very blessed. The event is happening live 
Um, like you said, it's going to have happened by the time all, all you at home are listening. Um, but the event is going to be all the talks from that day pre-recorded, but with a live MC, and they're going to do the, the entire event, and we're all going to get to do some Q&A. And that's just a one-time live event, but all the talks will be sent off to the TED organization and uploaded on their YouTube channel officially. Um, I don't know what date it'll be available, but since the talks are all edited, you know, they just need to send it to them with the description. So February, late February or March, um, it will come out. Of course, uh, I will blast it everywhere. And my website, I have a mailing list where people can sign up and it's justinsandler.com. And when it does come out officially, I will, you know, send the link to everybody so that it can be viewed and shared at any time. And yeah, I'm really excited to be able to share this talk. And I think we're really still at a great time and an opportunity where people are facing a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges. And I think that this talk, um, if, if it does what I set out for it to do, which is to inspire one life, if it does at least that, then we're winning. And if it does more than great, but I'm excited to share it with the world. That's awesome. Well, you inspired us, Justin. Yes, today. for oh. sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for your, you know, for the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for kicking ass. So we yeah. appreciate that. I do have one I'm, question. I'm honored before. to kick right, ass. Go for it. I do have one question. How many instruments do you play? I see pretty much every instrument behind <laughs> you. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm a drummer and a percussionist uh -huh. by, by trade, by profession. And that is my, that is my instrument. Okay. Um, so I play a lot of drums and I play a little of a lot of other instruments. Um, I played trumpet um, for many, many years as well. All through my schooling, I played trumpet, high school and all that stuff. And so, you know, the trumpet's one. Um, I play a little guitar. I play a little bass. I played bass uh -huh. in a couple bands. I played bass in a couple music videos. I played guitar in a few, um, you know, a few television shows. Uh, Castle was the last TV show. I played a guitar player and I played a guitar player in uh, Grey's Anatomy one time. So, you know, I know enough to, uh, to make it look cool, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I got the keyboard over there, but I really, I bought that for my wife. Um, I'm not really a piano player. So I really say like drums, percussion, followed by trumpet, um, guitar, bass, and, you know, I, I love music. So I just love grabbing whatever and making something out. I got it. My wife got me, I have an African, um, uh, drum down here. I've got, you know, anything that I can sort of just play with and explore with, you know, and, it, and again, like we talked earlier, you don't have to be a professional musician to express yourself artistically through music, mm -hmm. you know, which is why like I've done some things where I've had, you know, people pre COVID obviously, but where, where I grab all my different percussion instruments and I pass out to everybody and I get everybody jamming in a drum circle. And, you know, it's really, it's amazing when people, it doesn't have to be a drummer, you just have to feel it and you just start uh -huh. making noise. And it really, it's a beautiful expression of art and of energy to just make sounds and create. And again, it doesn't have to be for recording the next big top 40 hit. You know, it's about taking that and, and really expressing yourself and moving the energy. So uh, music is a, is a beautiful gift. And like I said, like for me, as when I was a little kid, I'm like, drummer, like that was it. <laughs> I, I had to pick the, the most cumbersome <laughs> pain in <Yeah>. the ass. <laughs> yeah. First guy at the gig, last guy to leave, the guy carrying all this stuff. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't always have a choice when it comes to those artistic platforms. So, thank you so much, Justin, for joining us. Absolutely. Man. Hey, it's been a pleasure and an honor. So, thank you for having me on. Thank you for all the work you guys are doing with the show. Um, grateful to be part of it. And I hope you continue a lot of success with it. Thanks so much. And everybody out there, please stay in touch with me. And if there's anybody 
going through, you know, a, a challenge, especially cancer. I've been, I've been helping a lot of people going through cancers. So I don't even know other countries. I've helped people as far as Canada and India. And I mean, it's interesting. People will find me, you know, through social media and reach out to me that are going through similar types of cancers and just need a little advice or need someone to talk to who understands or needs a tip here or there, or whatever. And so, you know, I, I like to keep my door op as open as possible for those who need a little extra love. So I invite you to reach out to me. Of course, justinsandler.com is my website. There's an email link there and on my mailing list. I'd love to have you guys sign up. And then I'm on all the social media platforms. I'm pretty much at Justin Sandler on virtually everything, um, except for TikTok, which I'm at Justin J. Sandler because someone else took my name. Um, <laughs> but I'm on all the platforms and I'd love, uh, I'd love for y'all to, to stay in touch. Follow me, hit me up. And, you know, let's all continue to spread the good word and collectively raise the vibration of the world around us because it's needed more than ever. Thank you so much. We'll throw all that inside the description so everybody can get it. Real, real Amazing. I love it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.